This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. Everybody knows that reading aloud to children improves language and literacy skills, especially in those very early years of a child's development. But reading books aloud is sometimes difficult for a whole lot of reasons including the frustration factor. Anyone who's read Where is the Green Sheep to more than one child will know exactly what I'm talking about. But since 2013, the Storybox Library has been a wonderful extra addition for Australian parents. It's a way of delivering that amazing experience of being read aloud to by a diverse range of storytellers. Sports people, musicians, grandparents, teenagers, comedians, actors, people with varying accents and from different cultures, each sharing a beautifully illustrated story via the Storybox Library. Now with school holidays underway, are still staying socially distant, libraries, family and story catch-ups still quite uncertain for many families. I'm wondering whether the Storybox Library might be the little something extra that your family could enjoy. Nicole Brownlee is the founder and CEO of the Storybox Library, and I caught up with her to ask a little more about what the Storybox Library is all about. I get asked this all the time because people don't really understand. I think this current pandemic has potentially made it a bit easier to explain to people. But Storybox Library is basically an online storytelling website and it's audiovisual. So it's not just audiobooks. It's not an app. It's not a ebook. It's literally people reading to your children with the visuals there as well. And we are a fantastic resource for libraries and primary schools and also a lot of ESL schools in in the high school area, as well as families. Really what people will see when they jump on the website is a whole lot of books. Yeah, they will. So we've got over, I think we just hit the 300 mark. Um, So there's over 300 stories on the website and they're all Australian. We focus on Australian children's literature. That's been my passion for many, many years. So to be able to bring that to a digital format is really exciting and something I'm really proud of and it's also they're also read by Australian celebrities and not not just necessarily celebrities but just great storytellers Australian storytellers so we've got teachers we've got authors and illustrators and many comedians a couple of sports people just some faces that you'll recognize Kids recognise as well. (laughs) They're a lovely combination of showing the actual pages of the book, showing the face of the person reading it, few little sound effects in there as well. Yeah, that's right. So we've removed all of the text from the books because we want it to be an immersive experience for the kids. And this is much more of a visual experience. The actual stories themselves are a really nice blend of the storyteller and the imagery from the book. So we want it to be a really immersive experience for the users and we want it to emulate as close as what it is to being read a book with, you know, sitting having on your parents' lap. It's not the same and we don't claim to be the same, but it's another beautiful experience of having a book read to you. 
For parents that have read I Wish I Were a Dog 355 million times, like I did when I had a three-year-old, it's not a replacement, but it's something else to add to your box of tools. That's exactly right. And that we get told that quite a lot, and especially now that we've got the playlist option. So you can actually create your own little playlists and children can sit there and watch five stories that they're their favourites and watch them over and over again if they like. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get bored out of your brain. And no, that's not the way you read it. Do the voices. So, we, you know, if they want to watch it again and again, then it's a great tool for them in that respect. Tell me the story of starting Storybox because it was not looking at the website it is not a small undertaking no it's it's grown into something that's uh you know that's that's massive that I could actually had never foreseen so I started it about eight years ago and I'm a teacher and also have done a graduate diploma in children's literature and I've also had experience working in the publishing world and in children's bookshops so After I had my children going into my daughter's classroom when she was in prep and seeing that they were using interactive whiteboards, which eight years ago were a pretty relatively new concept and there wasn't a lot of content. So a lot of the content that was being used and um, potentially still is, um, is, is American. And I thought, well, there's such a wonderful Australian children's book industry out there that I'd love the opportunity to showcase what we produce in this country. And so I guess the idea was born and I spoke to friends and I spoke to potential storytellers. I used my contacts in the publishing industry and it just grew and grew from there. So we started with about 20 stories when we first launched and it's now grown over, so over 300 stories with a whole lot of little documentaries and things, little short films that we've done on the authors and illustrators, which has been, you know, really, it it adds to the the value of the content as well. Now, a couple of things about the website, you've chosen not to take advertising, which for a lot of parents is really important. Yes, completely. So we work on a subscription basis and we don't expect parents necessarily to take out a subscription themselves. Wonderful thing about it is there's access through many local libraries, particularly at this time. I think one of the things that the pandemic has has taught us is there's so many wonderful digital resources and public libraries have been developing those digital resources for quite some time. And, and um, you know, they spend quite a lot of money on, on those digital resources. And people just didn't know that they were there, but they're finding out that their local libraries have got so much more than just, you know, so much more than just bricks and mortar and books on the shelves. They've got such a wonderful variation of resources. And um, thankfully we're, we're one of them. And so you can actually access Storybox Library for free through your local library if they're members. And we've actually got a number of libraries around Australia that actually are members. It's really great. And so you can actually, access that without any advertisement, without any other social media getting in the way. It's not a YouTube take a trip down uh, into some scary world where you don't know where your child's going to end up once you're logged on to Storybox Library. All they can access are picture books that are Australian and that are great quality. That's another thing because you just can't let your child loose online easily these days. Completely. That's That was one of our main things. So having this as a I guess, as a hub 
for stories and you know now at the moment there's a lot of storytelling going on online and and that's okay and I think that that's obviously going to be something that continues but what we offer is a really really safe place for children to be able to explore without having the added issues that surround having children going online and finding themselves in some deep dark hole yeah because don't really if, want them to be if you start a, a video that you might have found on facebook of somebody fabulous reading something terrific that's one thing but the the video sometimes keeps going and yes. you may have forgotten to turn it off and you might end up yeah. somewhere on a site that you don't want to. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's so we we want to make sure that doesn't happen and, and we're trying to, apart, apart from making it a safe place, it's also a really great way of showcasing our industry and wonderful authors and illustrators and their creative content, which many people will know is it's just such a wealth out there of great stories, Australian stories. And so to have the two combined, you know, safe place, wonderful stories and an online in an online space is is ideal really for, for most parents. How does the site support itself? Because yep. and I was making the joke that you probably haven't bought the Storybox Jumbo Jet just yet. Oh God, no. I uh, know there's no Necker Island for Storybox Library, unfortunately. Yes. Um, <laughs> yet. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so let me explain it. It's a subscription-based model. So we have public libraries signing up to us and also a lot of schools around Australia that are signing up. So that's how we actually get the funds to come through and that funnels back to the authors and illustrators and the publishing industry itself. But it also allows us to, to develop what we are developing. I've got a small team of 10, which is potentially growing to 11 in the next week or so. We're very excited about welcoming a new team member on board. But it basically, it, it has to run as a business. We can't rely on funding. It was a deliberate choice to not rely on funding from the arts industries. And having a subscription base allows us to have a little bit of freedom to, to develop what we want to develop when we want to develop it. So whilst it's available for for free through public libraries they they are the ones that take out the subscription so effectively it's your council that's paying for subscriptions that you can access or your school do you also offer individual in subscriptions like you know is this a a grandparent type gift that you could give to families yeah absolutely so we do offer family subscriptions and i mean they're only five dollars a month which is fantastic or you can take out a yearly subscription, which is $39 for the whole year. So the subscription that you can do as a family is great because then you can curate a whole lot of playlists for your kids and you've got more ownership over it. So it's it's just a little bit better. You don't get any extra content per se, but you do get the opportunity to do a few more bits and pieces on the website. And supporting Australian stories, Australian authors, you're not getting read to by Americans. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, as much as we love that and, and that's all that's all very well. I love seeing Reese Witherspoon reading a book. That's that's fantastic as far as I'm concerned. And Michelle Obama, I think, is reading some books as well. But, you know, at the same time, I really am working and my team is working incredibly hard to ensure that we support the industry at this time and and for us to see all of these books show up on online at the at the moment is is a bit of an issue because copyright has obviously been waived but policing that in future is is a, is a bit of a concern but that's not 
what we're here to do. We're here to continue paying our copyright fees and, and helping to support an industry that, that really needs our support. Yes. Well, we we did actually hear from author Louise Park, who mm-hmm. was talking about her book about how to turn your children into readers and Storybox Library was one of the things that she recommended as a an online way of helping children become yeah. readers. Yeah, I think it's a really great way of introducing children to some they may not like reading themselves, but if they're getting read to by some interesting people with some, you know, a whole lot of diverse people that that can tell them really great stories, sometimes that's just another way in, you know, especially if you've got kids who are really excited about watching television all the time and maybe this is a really great way of getting them to pick up a book encourage them to go to the library to actually pick up a copy of the book that they saw on Storybox Library, which which we get told happens quite a lot with kids, as well as, you know, parents saying, I saw it on Storybox Library, so we went and bought it for a friend in a bookshop as a gift. So it, it has that knock-on effect of getting kids to get excited about reading, which is something that is an issue in, in, in our country and around the world, is about, you know, literacy rates constantly falling and, and children not being engaged. And, and this is just another way of, of ensuring that we try and bridge that gap. Tell us, Nicole, about how you started or what was the reasoning behind starting Storybox Library? I think mainly for me that to start it was seeing so much content out there that wasn't Australian and knowing that I loved Australian books. I studied children's literature. I think I said earlier, I apologise, I'm repeating myself. And so that to me, I knew that there was such a, a wealth of stories out there that I really wanted to to put up there. But I also knew that we had some great storytellers in Australia. And I just, the thought of combining the two was too good to be true. And, <laughs> you know, it was just a, a, a really great way also of me putting all of my experience into action as well. And also knowing that having children who don't necessarily respond to, to books as such or to literature as such, it's, it's just offering a different way for them to access books and reading and storytelling. If you did have a, a child that was a reluctant reader and, you know, there are all sorts of physical barriers to that, thinking of dyslexia or eyesight problems, that all the things that make it hard to access books, this is a, another way around them. That's right. We actually have a lot of people talking to us about children who are autistic. We've got ESL children. So those those children, dyslexic children, children with potentially with anything that may prevent them from accessing literature in a traditional way, this offers a really great alternative. And we're constantly being told that it's been so helpful for speech therapists for people who actually work with with children who have developmental issues or ESL families or or parents who can't who English is not their first language and don't necessarily have the opportunity to read to children in in English and that to me is another challenge and so we're constantly trying to look for ways that we can engage children who don't have access so make it as inclusive as possible uh, things like even we've been talking to Emma Watkins from The Wiggles about creating some more sign language videos for children with our stories, which 
I'm really excited about. The other thing that we did last year was we had a whole lot of Indigenous stories added to the website for Indigenous communities to showcase Indigenous communities beyond the traditional Dreamtime books and dream or dreaming books, I should say. And that to us was great. And we've had the, the feedback that we've had from that has been remarkable. We had a lot of help from the Arts Council of Australia to put that one into place. But we're constantly looking for ways that we can help all different communities around Australia to access great stories and great storytelling. Do you find it difficult to find readers or do the authors and celebrities enjoy the experience? We don't find it difficult at all. When you say kids and reading, it, it's a it's a draw card. You know, we find that in actual fact, we have a number of storytellers on our list that we'd love to engage and we, we've only got so much funding for production at this point in time. But we've had some great high-profile storytellers that we've got booked in the next few weeks because the pandemic has, you know, obviously left people without without work. And that's meant that when we sort of say, hey, we're here and we're pairing back production and we can do a few bits and pieces with you guys with some great books, we're getting yeses and it's it's fantastic. How do you actually produce the little videos? Is that you have a little production team? Yeah, we do. And it, and it is little. We pretty much just have a videographer who is fantastic. We've got a couple of videographers that we use. And we have our production manager who also is our director on the day. And we, depending on how big the shoot is, we will potentially engage a, a third person to come in and help assist. But that's that's pretty much all it is at this point in time. And we work really hard to try and do as much as possible with the limited funds that we have. We think what we produce is is incredible quality given the restrictions that we have. But we, we go around to different locations as well. We try and pick the locations according to what the story might be about. So if it's a story that's set at the beach, we will try and film down at the beach. We had a great story read recently that was in an artist, uh, sorry, an, an illustrator's studio where we actually had the original artwork from the book in the background. So, you know, just things like that. We can actually be quite nimble with where we go and, and who we film with. With the books, what are the age ranges that you are able to cater for? We're we talking babies? Are we talking preteens? The books themselves range, I'd say, from three, three-year-olds right through until middle to upper primary school. A lot of the picture books that are available in the industry are aimed at older readers, which we include on the website. But there's also a whole range of stuff for the younger kids as well. So we're looking at potentially doing a bit more of that. We're getting a lot of interest from childcare centres and playgroups around Australia asking us if we would be interested in producing some more toddler books. And we're absolutely looking at ways in which we can do that. So that's another area of development for us. But at this time, if, if parents were to look at it, it's probably the bulk of our stories would be great for prep through to grade two. Any interest at all in doing longer books, chapter books, as the primary school children call them? Potentially, we've got a few chapter books that have got illustrations in them. So, for example, we've had a few Billy B. Browns read um, on the site. We've had Andrew Hansen read a fantastic Lee Hobbs book called Mr. Badger. And we've had Danny Katz reading some of his little lunch series. And they're mini chapters 
chapter books with illustrations, so they're easy to do. They rely a lot on having a really, really good storyteller. So Danny Katz and uh, Andrew Hansen nailed it. So they're really, really fun to watch because the illustrations are obviously a lot few and far between compared to a, a traditional picture book. In terms of producing chapter books and going into that area of audiobooks, I'm not going to say no to anything. There's potential for that to happen as well. And we'd love to potentially get out there and record some of those fantastic Australian chapter books, particularly the the preteen books that are completely ignored when it comes to audio content. Have you heard back from the children that use Storybox Library? Yeah, we do. I Actually, we had an email yesterday from a seven-year-old asking if Brian Nankervis could please read some more stories for us because she loves Mr Nankervis, which I thought was absolutely gorgeous. But the most feedback we get is about our song, our Storybox Library song, which introduces every single story. It's it's really poppy and fun and everybody loves it. And so apparently when the schools put on a video, the kids either, you know, dance around in their chairs or they come running to their chairs because they know exactly what's in store and they're going to be read a great story. But probably the best bits of feedback that I received was a a teacher who actually works at a religious school who, who sent something to one of our readers and a rainbow storyteller called Dolly Diamond who has read a few books for us. And she said that to Dolly that she watched Pig in a Wig with her students and that she was really worried that one of them was going to say something hurtful. And before Dolly had actually been reading, there was a boy in the classroom who who actually came out and said, I love all the different voices and started to try and copy the voices. And then three other girls were gushing over Dolly's jewellery and said that, She's so glamorous, which is a word that they'd only just recently used. And, you know, she actually said at the end, it it showed me that no child is born with spite or prejudice. And my students are always on the lookout for your stories. And thank you for what you do and keep being glamorous. And I thought that was just such beautiful feedback. And, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that I just love to know that I've been had a had a part in creating. It's it's so special to know that the kids react in this way. And of course, if you don't like the idea of Dolly Diamond, you don't have to put that book on your story. Oh, absolutely! List. You can create. Yeah, you can create your own playlist for your children. So if you're if that's something that you're not interested in, then you can actually go in and grab something from somebody else who's not potentially not as controversial as, you know, having somebody from a rainbow storytelling. <laughs> or as glamorous by chance. Clearly not. There's nobody as glamorous as Dolly Diamond on our website, I do have to say. Although we have had, like, we've had Noni, and Noni Hazelhurst is pretty glam in her own special way. So Exactly, exactly. Yes. Nicole Brownlee, the founder and CEO of the Storybox Library. And I hope you get the chance to check it out and see if it might be something that your family enjoys for all the reasons Nicole spoke about. And I'm hoping that Baby Talk is a resource you're enjoying right now. I don't know if you heard it, but last week we spoke about a post-COVID feminist recovery with a fascinating academic, Leah Rapanya. I would make sure that we are investing in female-dominated jobs just as equally as we are in male-dominated jobs. So if money is going to go in terms of recovery, it should go equally to things like nursing, 
child care teachers and to make sure they have a quote unquote working salary. Um, I would also make sure that the women who are out of the labor market, I mean, basically anyone, but if, if people are out of the labor market and need to reskill, I would make sure we're investing in the reskilling, but also ensuring that they have some sort of child care support or caregiving support so they can step in to do that work. Leah had some amazingly interesting ideas to share. And if you didn't hear that episode of Baby Talk, you can catch it as a podcast. And it's on the Baby Talk website, where we'll put some links this week to the Storybox library. But also, you can download episodes on iTunes and on the ABC Listen app, where you get the chance to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're on iTunes, if you get a chance to give us a review or share an episode, it's easy to share episodes via email, text, or even Facebook Messenger just by clicking the share button. I'm Penny Johnston, and I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.